This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's really nice to be back. Health bureaucrats in Ontario now outnumber family physicians. That, according to a group called Concerned Ontario Doctors. They've issued a call to action to voters asking us to demand massive health care reform. Their main demands include a task force made up of practicing physicians to find solutions to the crisis, a forensic audit of the Ontario Medical Association, and a reduction of the bureaucracy by getting rid of the local health integration networks. Now, that would be a massive reorganization. Is that a realistic prescription? Is that something the opposition parties might take up as uh, their health platform? We want to hear from you too. What do you think needs to be done? Do you think this kind of thing would do the trick? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Right now, we are going to Francelina, who is the NDP health critic, and Dr. David Jacobs, who is a frontline radiologist. He's with the OMA, and I, he does not represent the doctors who are pr- putting forward these plans. As a matter of fact, I think the two groups are kind of at war, but that's not really a concern for us. Welcome to you both. Well, thank you very much. Pleased to talk to you, Libby. Okay, so let's start with uh, France. Um, it seems to me, I mean, I, I would agree that there is way too much bureaucracy, uh, but I can't even imagine how you would go about just getting rid of uh, that whole bureaucracy that was put in place not that long ago. France, what's your take? Well, it was put in place in 2007. It has been there for 10 years on March 31st. And... Uh, the goals of the LINs, the Local Health Integration Network, were kind of something that I could support. They were there to give local people a voice. Your auditor will know that I come from northeastern Ontario. The decisions that are made in Toronto at the Ministry of Health often make no sense whatsoever to the people who live in north, northeastern Ontario. So I was kind of happy that we would get a voice. We would get to decide the services, how they were but none of that happened. Uh, the LINs have not been a success. They have not given us a voice. They have become, when the Ministry of Health has a good news announcement, they make the announcement. They make the decision. And when there's a bad news announcement, they ask the LINs to be responsible for those. Um, that's not more of a voice. That's not giving us uh, more uh, leverage over the, the healthcare services we want and how we want them delivered in different parts of the of uh, the, the province. So, I would say, if we were to keep them, it would be with major change. The first major change I would see is that 
Let us know who those people are. Let's elect them in, in a fair way and not appoint them by liberal bureaucrats hidden here and there and everywhere else. Uh, it's basically the liberal government who decide who those people will be. Those people are not accountable to us. They are accountable back to Premier Wynne and the, and the Minister of Health. The Minister of Health doesn't need bureaucrats. When he, right now, when she decides something, it gets done in the story. Well, I mean, but they're administrators. Uh, Dr. Jacobs, what do you think? Uh, well, I think that uh, you have to look both at the intention and the track record. Uh, so when you look at the Lins, uh they haven't really been doing much. Uh, our Auditor General actually took them to task for that, saying that uh, it's really questioning their purpose. Um, for me, uh, my cynical view of this is that they're very much an arm's-length organization uh, of the Ministry of Health, and they're designed to take the heat when the Ministry of Health does something unpopular or when there's a problem in that particular area, if there's a problem at a hospital or whatnot. Uh, so it's, they seem more like a political tool than actually a functioning bureaucracy doing what they were initially designed to do. So I, I've got a real problem with the lens. It, that problem is also a matter of resources. We have limited resources. We're pouring our valuable health care dollars into bureaucracy. Uh, and when we do that, we starve the, the, the actual patients uh, facing health care uh, of money. And you see that every day. The lineup in the emergency rooms, the wait times for uh, surgeries, the wait time for uh, imaging. Uh, when you try to access the health care system, you start to see the problems. We can't afford to be pouring our money into bureaucracy. And what's worse is this isn't even bureaucracy where we're getting a return our, on our investment. Uh, France, um, is that practical uh, to to get rid of these? I mean, there are also now sublins that uh, are now the gatekeepers for, for things like home care. I mean, it just seems like there is this massive inflation. I'm assuming that if these were gotten rid of, there would be a very large severance bill. Uh, but is, do we need to bite the bullet and do that? Well, I would say that I would never agree to something that I don't know the cost of. And, and right now, all of this is hidden. So I don't know what are the contracts in place, and I don't know. But what I do know is that, as uh, Dr. Jacob said, we are not getting value for money. They are, the LINs are not doing what they were designed to do, and they do cost us hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, so uh, why are we doing this? Um, as I said, fundamentally, I have no problem with giving people a voice, and I do realize that different parts of the province may want their health care uh, delivered to them in different ways. I totally respect that. But that's not what the LINs have given us. They haven't given us any of that. They have cost us a ton of money. How do we uh, get rid of them, rejig them, uh, change them so that we give people a voice, but at the same time, we are conscious that um, m money ha is tight and should be used towards frontline. I, I have 
I have no problem going down this path, but I have a huge problem saying we will get rid of the lens without knowing the cost behind. Is there parts of the lens that we could salvage? Is there part of it that we could get rid of completely and, and continue to have the Ministry of Health assume responsibility for? Uh, all of this needs to be looked at with a view of value for money, because right now, no matter where you look in our healthcare system, our hospital are at overcapacity, our emergency departments have long wait lists, uh, children's mental health in my neck of the wood is an 18-month wait list, um, we have to do better, and the LINs have not served their purpose. Uh, and uh, Dr. Jacobs, do you have any mm-hmm. idea how much money we're talking about here? With regards to the lens? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's an astronomical amount of money. Uh, if you took just a fraction of what the lens uh, take from the healthcare services, uh, we could uh, clear out all of our wait lists. All of them. They'd all be gone. You'd have no wait list for MRI. You'd have no wait list for knee and hip replacement. You'd have no wait list for cataracts. They'd all be gone. Think about that. Do you, do you, you know, agree it, with it, that, France? Is that right? Well, I know the total amount that we spend on the lens. Uh, the lens have now been amalgamated with the CCAC, and it is hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, so would hundreds of millions of dollars buy us a lot of cataract surgery and MRI? He's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. The, the amount of money that is now being invested in the lens with their expanded mandate in, uh, in what the CCAC the Community Care Access Center used to do. Um, you count in the billions right now, and yes, that buys you many, many cataract surgeries. Uh, yeah, it's um, it, 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 is that going to be, do you know, is that going to be part of your platform in the election that's going to be called very shortly? <laughs> the, uh, it is not up to me uh, to share what will be in our platform. My leader, Andrea Horvath, is the one who gets to do that. Uh, I can tell you that we, the NDP, has been on the record uh, for years now saying that we are not getting value for money from our lens. They are not giving people a voice. They are not accountable. They are not transparent. They have not lived up to what they were made out to be. And they have cost us hundreds of millions of dollars that never improve patient care one iota. Um, So I will let you uh, wait for my leader to tell you what we're going to do about this. But are we painfully aware of, of this? Yes, we are. And uh, Dr. Jacobs, is, is getting rid of the lens, is, is that the solution? So here's, here's my take on all of this. Uh, there are a few things. So first of all, the lens as they stand are simply an agent of, they're just plausible deniability for the Wynn government. Uh, and that's unacceptable, especially with a price tag in the hundreds of millions. Uh, the, uh, do, does bureaucracy serve a purpose in, uh, in the administration of healthcare? Absolutely, they do. Uh, has it grown completely out of control? Absolutely it has, and it must be addressed because it's starving the patients of their healthcare dollars. 
and that's never going to be acceptable. I can tell you uh, what I've heard from the Ford camp so far, and they haven't talked specifically about what they're going to do with the lens, but they have said that they're going to address wait times, and they're going to and they're going to start dealing with frontline care issues. Frontline health is clearly important to the Ford camp. They've talked every time I've heard him talk. He says he's supporting the frontline doctors. He's going to support the frontline nurses, and he's going to, you know, and he's going to address the wait list. Now, is that going to come from cuts to wins? I have no idea. That's up to that's up to the Ford camp uh, to to figure out what their policy is. But clearly, there's a commitment by the Conservatives to address the health care issues, and, uh, as, and the uh, WINS government is just doubling down on cuts to frontline services and an increase to bureaucracy. If I was a patient trying to access care in Ontario, I'd be furious at the WIN government for how they've uh, undermined health care in Ontario. I'd be absolutely furious. Okay, so we have two opposition perspectives. Let's uh, take a couple of calls. We've got uh, William in Toronto. Hi, William. Hi, Lib. Uh, this is a very rare occasion where I, I uh, agree with uh, both of your guests, and I rarely agree with anyone on anything. Okay, um, <laughs> you're cranky. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I think that the only way to implement everything that both your guests say uh, is uh, the NDP government to, to do it, because they introduced uh, health care to begin with, and they know how these things work, and... Uh, Andrea Horvath has a, a real good plan in place, and if uh, business has to pay a little bit extra, then they're going to pay it because this is very important to uh, get this health care system in place. Otherwise, I'm not going to buy their products, and I'm not going to shop at their store. Um, okay. And so I think uh, this is reasonable, and the liberals have not, haven't got a clue of what they're doing. They have failed miserably, and it's very clear and obvious. Okay, thanks for your call, William. Uh, just Thank as you. a note, uh, neither opposition party has told us exactly what they're going to do about this, but um, we hear you. Let's go to Dave in Brampton. Hi, Dave. Hi. Uh, my comment is, why is it that every hospital needs a CEO, and yet large, large companies only have one CEO for the whole conglomerate? Um, mm. An interesting idea. The hospitals are pretty big with uh, ginormous bu- yeah, but budgets. Do you, think, do you think they're as big as, let's say, Loblaws? Uh, yeah. Overall, for uh, Ontario? Mm, yeah, I mean... Uh, You've I, got I, to remember, Loblaws is all the way across the whole nation. Okay. And it's not just Loblaws. they got all kinds of names that they use. Okay. Uh, so, I don't think I, they're really comparable. <laughs> Well, I, I find it weird that we need all the, uh, what it comes down to, pardon me, but, and I hate using this, uh, this thing, but uh, it comes up, we've got too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Uh, I, I think that probably we could agree with you on that. Uh, and uh, I know that, because if you remember me from uh, Community Access... Uh-huh, yes. I'm the one that was fighting with them, remember? Right, one of many people fighting with them. <laughs> anyway, that's oh. my comment. Okay, Dave, Thank thanks you. for that. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, Sharon in Hamilton. Hello, Sharon. Hello, Libby. How are you today? Fine, how are you? Good. I think that the NDP should, um, should um, keep 
keep their promise about the health care because there's lots of people in hospitals that cannot that cannot aff- afford a lot of things. Like my brother is in the hospital right now. He's got a bad heart. Sorry to hear that. And I I I th- I think Andrea Horvath has got a good got a good chance of winning this. The liberals the liberals say they're going to do something, and then they don't keep their promise. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we've had experience of that. Thanks, Sharon, for your call. You're welcome. Okay, let's go to Rashida in Richmond Hill. Hello, Rashida. Hello. Um, I'm sorry to say people complain about the health system. I have a friend of mine. Her daughter went into hospital on Saturday with a baby died in her. The baby died in her, and they took her to ICU. They look after her. They had seven doctors working on her right away. She is still in. She's still in hospital right now. They they, they said she could have died because the the toxin from the baby died in her could have caused her to die. Was getting into her blood. The doctors worked so hard and saved that girl's life. How could people say the system is bad? That gets me wrong. I couldn't understand that. I have people went into the hospital and get good treatment with heart attacks and everything. I never hear anybody stand up and say these good things. They only say the bad things about the government. The government is doing what they can. Sorry about that. Okay, Rashida, thanks for that. And and nobody, we have, uh, we actually do have a system that is very good in very many ways, and we have certainly a lot of uh, really, really good doctors who do their best. Uh, we'll take uh, one more before we wrap things up. We've got Dennis in Brampton. Hello. Hi, Libby. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, with respect to the Lynn, I... I'm not sure that there's a, a good understanding of what they actually do. Uh, you know, previously to Lynn, much of what they do uh, was done way back by district health councils. They were eliminated, and then the um, the CCACs were created. Uh, the CCACs comprised are of many caregivers, including OTs, RNs. Yeah, now they've they've been taken over by the, by the Lins too. I mean, I guess that's what people are. So that's my point. So th- my point is that the Lin are not all bureaucrats, and the, a lot of them are frontline workers. And I can tell you from two experiences with my in-laws that we had very good um, contact with um, Lins. And uh, when they were discharged from hospital, all of the plans were put in place, and they called us directly. The other thing that... It, sorry, I'm just going to correct you. They might arrange the frontline care, but they are not. They are the administrators. Yes, but they're, they're part and parcel of that. They administer those yeah. contracts and services. Yeah, but, parcel of it. but what the critics are saying is that there's too much administration. But I'm glad to hear if you had a good experience. We're always glad to hear about those. Thanks for your call. Um, we've got to wrap up this segment. Uh, so, Dr. Jacobs, what would you like to leave us with? Well, I think that uh, in June we have a choice to make. Uh, I'm certainly going to choose and support uh, the conservative camp. I'm going to support Doug Ford. Uh, and I think that if you're left-leaning, uh, I strongly urge you to support the NDP. I think that the liberals simply have not done their job, and I think that uh, you've got a clear choice, and I don't think win should be uh, the choice that you make if you're left-leaning. 
Okay, thanks for that. And Franchelli, now you just got an endorsement from a conservative. <laughs> well, thank you. I will take it. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, I would like to acknowledge that there are a lot of very good people providing really good care in our in our healthcare system. And and when people come forward and say something has not worked, that does not take anything away from from the good people who deliver good care. What we were looking at is really the bureaucracy of how this is organized. And when you look at the lens, when you look at what concerned uh, physicians of Ontario have put forward is have a look at this. Our Auditor General tells us that it's not working good. Concerned physicians tell us that it's not working good. I can tell you that I hear it throughout. Um, It would be very uh, disrespectful and not responsible to not have a look at, at this new part of our healthcare system that is not giving us results. And uh, what uh, um, Sharon had said to keep your promise once you make them, uh, I would say you, you can trust that the NDP, our Medicare, our healthcare system, is part of our DNA. Uh, we are committed to it before an election and after an election. Uh, when we see, you know, like... You will remember two years ago, you and I talked about, at the time, the Liberals' budget was saying that um, seniors were going to pay more for their medication. The co-payment was going up. Uh, the uh, minimum payment they had to pay was going up. And, and in part because of the good work that you did rallying seniors around, we were able to reverse that. Fast forward a year later, and now they want to take it all away, uh, a couple of uh, take the co-payments away a couple weeks before an election, what changed? Why is it that in the previous budget they wanted to increase it, and in this budget they want to take it away? Um, uh, People don't trust them, and neither do I. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Um, Anyway, I look forward to hearing the detailed plans of both opposition parties when it it comes to this. I I think that... the idea of getting rid of the lens is a bold idea. Um, and, uh, you know, thanks to the doctors who first put it forward, and thanks to you both for uh, fleshing it out a little bit. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. My pleasure. Okay. Bye. We are taking a quick break, and when we return, we're following up on a story yesterday about the police and gay pride, and Sun columnist Sue Ann Levy will be with us. She has some views. We'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.